are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here. John, my friend, how are you doing? I hope you had a nice weekend. It sounds like uh, you, you you were doing some some other events other than watching DC United lose a game. So clearly you made the, the smarter call. It's weekend. true. I got out in the sun. <laughs> I hung out with some friends. I had a great time with a, with a group of friends at wineries. And then I played baseball on Sunday, which which I now feel like 77 years old. I feel like you feel after refereeing, but maybe oh, worse yes. because I don't referee normally. So this was just like I threw my body into a car accident, basically. But you know that's what that's what you do. How was your weekend, Ted? Did you have did you uh, throw your did you also feel like you got in a car accident or no? Um, if you call being in a car accident being on and at work go live, that was uh, a an enhancement for my, for where I work um, in IT work. I, I was from home. And, you know, so the funny thing was, I was kind of like, I was like, oh, man, you got to work on the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, it was I, I had to stick around home. Basically, I had to wait for them to tell they were ready for my part to do. And, you know, around like 9 a.m., 10 a.m., it was supposed to end like at 6 a.m. I was like, OK, I'm fine. This is fine. I get to like go around the house. I had a busy three weeks. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging this like chilling out kind of mode right now. I'm in right now. By about noon to one o'clock, two o'clock, I was like, all right, let's get this stuff implemented. Also, because the DC game was coming up, mm-hmm. too, that probably played a role in that. Uh, basically, my part was during the entirety of the DC game. So I had it on in the background. I brought my laptop downstairs from my desk and I started working on it while trying to watch the game as well. Um, went back, watched the game later to get a more f- a fuller picture of the game. Uh, but that was my weekend. It was an all day at work go live. I then had to hop on Sunday and yeah. Fun, fun, fun items, fun days, fun weekends all around. Let's, uh, let's talk some administration here first before we get on the show. One, I'm going to do it right now while I'm watching. If you're watching us live on Twitch, you can subscribe using your Amazon Prime subscription. You get one free every month, and I just did it. So there's something that'll pop up on our Twitch. Uh, the other thing is, make sure if you're listening to this right now, and you're listening to it in the RFK Refugees feed on your podcast, uh, stop that. Go, go right now and subscribe to United96 uh, yes. right now. And then you'll you'll keep getting the episode. We are going to try to turn that other podcast feed off. Uh, it's very confusing for our metrics to have two feeds playing the same show at once. So uh, we think that we've done enough uh, information sort of to let everybody know where we're going to be going forward. So April 1, we're going to turn that thing off, uh, hopefully. That's the intention. And then lastly, uh, for those who are watching right now, for any 90s kids... <laughs> I am drinking a surge, and it's oh man, it's not from the nineties. It's not from the nineties. This is they re-released this, so this is not expired. So let's see how good it is. It's pretty bad. Tastes like orange juice (laughs) and Mountain Dew, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna power through. That's all the admin for the day. Oh man, John, you just like you you aged our show so horribly in this first. I disagree. First segment. Everything now from our childhood is retro. So Gen Z people are thinking it's like cool. So like like Jinkos are back again. Everything everything that was in our youth is now back again, including Surge. Yes, yes. Speaking of which, we we, we have we have a uh, a bit of a throwback DC style signing a player from Rapid Vienna coming in on a free transfer. Tried to work that in. I'm not sure how well that that transfer. Perfectly, worked. I think we'll great. Get, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Let's first talk about DC United, uh, a two one loss to Toronto. I I. So I so I watched the game um, again. I was a little bit scattered on it, but I got you know a general sense of how the game looked. Uh, and my first response was leaving the game was okay. It's it stinks we lost, 
but that was better. That was I I I will say to speak positively, I feel better about this team moving into the break than I did out of each of the first three games this team had played previously. Game against Charlotte, the game against Cincinnati, and the game against Chicago. Finally, I think we saw something a semblance of a an attack a a midfield and passing and movement and the press was working um it may completely change next week but i was like okay this the system can still work i i think i believe that lasada can still get the most out of his team uh there, there it was a sloppy unfortunate game reiterates the point this team needs help john what were your thoughts on the game Do you, are you have any deviation because twitter was very negative as as to expect after after a loss sometimes but yeah, I, I think okay. re- reasonably upset just because I think the six points to start the season, even though people who were paying close attention knew what those six points meant uh, and that they were not indicative of the actual performance and cohesiveness and readiness of this team, they just sort of happened, particularly the second six points, the uh, second three points. Mm-hmm. Um, at t- to your point, I think, first of all, the movement and the goal. We could talk about the goal. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, goal the goal by uh, Russell Canals off of a... Pretty good cross by Nadro Bertha in his first start of the season. Um, was was nice. It, w- it was good. Like you said, the press worked well. The goal, the fir- the uh, golden boy Jafal had a little bit of a brain, a little bit of a brain fart, a little bit of a ghost, uh, to, which is going to happen uh, to rookies and to not rookies. But uh, that's going to happen, particularly if you're uh, in, you're just in this position. It's a teachable. It's a teachable moment, and I, I thought he responded exceptionally well in this game um and i think that's the most important thing for me you're 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 young it's your first professional game you're going to make mistakes like that sometimes those mistakes cost goals um i I do want to know the who who on dc was like hey let's put the new rookie on posuelo um because that just doesn't seem like a good a good thing that that was a really interesting um it was almost like it was almost like a I don't know, like, I feel like I'm using too many Ted Lasso references, but it's like <laughs> everybody kind of moved off to the left and basically created this giant piece of space, and Jafal was just kind of stuck there in no man's land, and Pasuelo just kind of snuck right in. Um, I'll have to go back, and I've kind of gone back and watched it a couple times, but I think that's kind of how they did, is they kind of, like, spread everybody out. Everybody else went with, it, with you know, players they were supposed to mark, and Pasuelo was just able to kind of sneak right in. Which is um, also so. how Knaus found space on his... On yeah. his so, uh... Nigel was sort of playing with the ball outside the 18 and Russell was able to sort of push in and then sort of fade back outside the six and had a pretty much on marked header. But it, the the finish that he applied actually was, was very, very nice. So that yeah. Rus- Russell good for one goal a year where it's like, that was extremely skillful. <laughs> that was, <laughs> Scor- that was very his, nice. Scored on his first game last year too. So, mm-hmm. you know, he got hit, he had the injuries kind of held him up. Great to have him back. I thought he was such a needed piece in that midfield. And really, I think, helped make the first uh first 10 to 15 minutes go he is such a a very underrated part of this team that and i I don't i do not think he gets enough credit around mls um there's a lot of people that come up as like the best sixes or the best you know defensive midfielders in mls and and my hope is this season he can stay a little more healthy uh dc can kind of go on a run and really start to see because it was a it was demonstrably different in that center of midfield once he had once he was in there I think he is the most important player to the team. Uh, Julian Gressel is the most important player to the offense, and his, mm-hmm. I would say his underperformance so far this season is a large part uh, in what you're seeing out of results and also sort of attack. But as far as, I think Paul Ariola is the other example. You saw that the team 
played differently when he wasn't on the field. And then when he came back, you saw that what he was able to do was elevate the players around him and he was bringing something different. Russell Knauss is a dependable central midfielder that this team otherwise either doesn't have on the field or has sort of uneven up and down performances from sometimes. So I think that uh, keeping him healthy will be super important. He won't stay healthy. He's going to get injured again. That's on uh, knock on wood. Maybe he doesn't, but that's just seems to be what happened so far. Uh, but this is a player and, and we'll talk a little bit about maybe, you know, another player who might be playing beside him um, more often than not. Uh, but he's a player that needs to stay healthy and be on the field for DC United to get points. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Well, they might, they might get some support in that position, which I think would be uh, hopefully, hopefully that's coming soon. Um, and, and that's the, the sort of the two big, the two big drops that, uh, that golf had this week. Uh, speaking more about the attack again, you know, another, subpar not great performance from Edison Flores uh he's now this is now game four he's healthy he's out there uh it's just it hasn't been working out and I think with the arrival the the arrival what we're going to talk about soon in the show I think his days this is this is sort of the beginning I think maybe we all kind of thought well I I kind of thought well if Daxi's not coming until July Flores probably has the net the next you know few the next basically till July to figure this out now I think that's coming a lot sooner. It may be in the next game. It may be, you know, the game after that. Um, I, I think his days, w- once that move started to trickulate, unless he turns it around unbelievably, his days are numbered. Because I, I do think this team is going, rather, regardless whether it's in May or in the summer, they are going to be looking for a third designated player. And it will not surprise me if that third designated player is to replace Edison Flores at this point. Uh, it, just, it just hasn't worked out. Uh, he's slow on the ball. Nothing he really did in this game really, really, really stood out. Uh, do you have the same opinions, John, or did you have anything? Foot Mob has yeah. him playing better this game than any other game so far this season, for for whatever that's worth. Uh, well, Mr. Mr. Yeah, Big, was, go ahead. I was gonna say I was kind of like so I was like I was kind of keeping track of Foot Mob. I was kind of like, well, how close is what I'm seeing reacting? He was pretty low till about 78th minute. Javal was pretty low too. I kind of thought Javal was a little bit lower from what I was seeing. And then things kind of grew up. I think that that's as the game kind of settled into DC pushing more forward. I think there's more opportunities for passing percentages to go up and, and for foot mob to, to give you a little bit of a higher, a higher uh, review. I think higher score. Here are some numbers that I think are important. 39 touches for 70 minutes until he was subbed off 76 minutes <clears throat> uh, was not fouled at all. Did not commit any fouls. So the, those. <laughs> The low number of touches, the sort of not really getting stuck in on either side of the ball, creating chances that way, uh, that's the eye test stuff of did this guy impact the game at all? Was he just out there? Was he just was he just part of the 11 players? And that has been too often the story. The question is, could he be an impactful sub? Like super, like if, if he only had to run for 20 minutes, could he maybe find a way to be? I mean, that's like, that's basically like the, the last card you pull out of the deck, like, all right, we've tried to put you in this position where we think you'll be the best. We've tried to make you a more key part or fulcrum of the offense, and that has not worked. So maybe last chance before we give up on you and send you away is, can you, in a particular set of circumstances, give this team something they don't have, which is a late game game changer? They don't have that. Mm-hmm. Uh and that won't ha- that won't change after a taxi comes on. That, that's the only thing that maybe pushing him to the bench gives you gives you one of those things. But overall, I mean, 
this has been not good. <laughs> the, yeah. every, everyone who's upset about this player, I think rightfully so. Uh, we've talked about it 100,000 times about expectations versus reality, square peg, round hole, all those things. At the end of the day, fans don't really care. It's about can our can the you know the people that were supposed to be best uh, for this team, our highest paid players, or whatever it is, are those are those guys going to be able to make a change in the game and make an impact and control things? And when the game's going the wrong way, put their foot on the ball and change it. He's never done that, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. And that's just where we are. So hopefully, Taxi I, can break that the DP uh, sort of mojo that we're working on it, lately. And speaking of Taxi, I do think he will get. He will get one more opportunity, and that'll be paired with Taxi. Um, I think once Taxi's ready to go, I think Roberta goes to the bench, and I think we see one run, maybe one or two runouts of okay, we're 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 giving you our next most expensive player that we ever have salary wise, basically. Or I think the most expensive player salary wise. I'd have to go back. I can't remember. I feel like Taxi's and and, and uh, Flores's contracts were around the same. Um, we're giving you that player now. So here, here's 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 an here's an attacker. Uh, go see if you can c- connect with him. Go see if you can find a combination that works. And, you know, maybe maybe bringing in, maybe suddenly taking that, maybe, you know, we, we know F- uh, Fontas is confident about his, <laughs> about his abilities, to say the least. So maybe having a guy who is, comes in and says, no, I'm, I can be the guy, I can, I can take charge, and maybe taking that pressure off Flores will make him better. But I think his time is running out. I think he will get, he will he will get till July, and then I think this team is going to start hope you know potentially looking for another designated player, whether that's Rojas or somebody else. Um, Something else to note: Ola Kamara's missed chance in the first minute. Uh, Aaron pointed that out in a post game press conference. Uh, he's good for those. There's an always there always yeah. seems to be one of those sort of first five first ten minutes where the team could get up early and really sort of put pressure on the on the opposing team, and something doesn't work out. It wasn't. I'm, he's missed easier chances he was he should have scored for sure but he's missed easier chances so i don't, I don't want to overweight it but uh i had a dream i thought it was real i woke up i listened to podcasts to put myself to sleep and a lot of times it's soccer podcasts and i woke up and i was almost positive that ola kamara had been granted an unconditional release because he was because <laughs> he was so sad <laughs> that that's what i dreamt i woke up i was like that's weird that we did that oh well i guess there's probably maybe cap room i don't know so that didn't happen. He's still on the team. Uh, yes. Michael Estrada missed the game for personal reasons, I believe, was the announced reason. Same for Perez. Same for... Who was the other player that didn't make the match day roster? That uh, Chris Adoyatsum. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Estrada is down in uh, Ecuador playing for his national team this in the, over, the, over the coming break. Uh, hopefully he comes back healthy, ready to roll. And like you said, I am kind of excited to see... Uh, an Estrada Flores taxi. And it'll take a while because we'll talk about sort of what what's holding back taxi being with the club. But it will be interesting to see what the, the challenge is going to be. That you've now restarted the clock about team chemistry, right? Like mm-hmm. the the excuse that is always built in for teams that make changes. Like, well, you got to give them time to figure it out. Uh, and this is the all of our attacking three. Like, all right, well, these are ostensibly talented players. Some of whom we paid a lot of money. Some of whom we paid additional money to get now because uh, we really need them. Uh, go figure it out, guys, on the fly with with hopefully a little bit of training. But <laughs> go figure <laughs> it out. It, go fly the plane while you're building it. So that's it's not ideal, but we're gonna see where we're at. I think. And like you said, too. Or I don't know if it was you, but the important thing about this 
I think we probably should just move to taxi right after this. But the important thing about uh, getting him here sooner was that it gives you more time to figure out what you need in the summer window. You should know already, but it will allow you to more correctly ascertain the severity of your gap. So that... that's that's one good side, I guess. I I think it buys him a little bit of time, and I, but I do want to sort of put a cap on this game again. Like you like you said, the first missed chance. Lasada talked about that. He said, you know, we really should have been up two nothing. We were it was closer to two nothing before it was one one. Um, I'm sure he will take away from the fact that the team did start more positively. They they went out on the road, took the game to to Toronto, and those are all good things to see. They need to carry it on. You know, obviously through the 90 minutes, um, and I think a lot of that just comes down to that the the front three just has not been good enough. Um, we saw the midfield look better with the addition of Canals. We saw Nahar getting involved. All those pieces are working. We also, of course, need Julian Gressel, like you said. He has not had a good start to his 2022 campaign. Um, I thought he played at least a couple good balls, but I mean, a lot of it was just miss hits, balls over the top. I hope it's not like I kept thinking like is this, is is it the fact that he is he playing through that hip injury? Like did he actually really hit his hip and hurt it because it just something seems off about his crosses aren't going where he wants them. Uh teams are really doing a very effective job. They need to figure out how to get him more involved too because teams are doing a pretty good job at kind of isolating him, uh forcing it to Brad Smith. And Brad Smith to, to their credit has done a pretty good job, but they seem more willing to let Brad Smith be the guy to to create the attacks than than Julian Gressel. I think they I think other teams are game planning for the lack of experience and creativity in the center of the field. Mm-hmm. So they know that the only opportunity is up the wings on both sides. Uh, yeah. And this team, if you remember sort of when Julian was playing well, it's when he wasn't the only attacking option or wasn't the only sort of threat. There's got to be another person to get right. pulled off of so like you said that i think that'll change as this team continues to figure itself out as everyone gets healthy as players come in uh but we've we've said it from the start as this as this team goes uh gressel as gressel goes this team goes and gressel's not done great and this team is now uh 2-0 and 2 and those two wins were kind of shaky, even though the <laughs> even though the first one was by three goals so we're we're where we are we, this is we talked about two last week what the next month looks like after this international break. And it's going to be a rocky road. These are some good teams coming in. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see, we'll have to see how we can sort of navigate that as taxi will not be here yet. So we're, we're, this is our team. This is what we well, got. I mean, I mean, the good news is, is that it's going it, to, it, rumors are it's going to take about three weeks to get that, uh, that, that international transfer ticket slash work permit figured out. Maybe it comes a little bit sooner. Cross your fingers. Uh, that it that it does come a little bit sooner. Um, at the very least, they, this is this is good timing in that it's in the international break. Let's talk about the move for taxi for taxi Fantos. Let's go go a little bit deeper into that. Uh, DC United, like we said earlier, looking at getting him in July and then basically uh, paid a fee. Now uh, we do get reports from the other Bundesliga uh, coming up. Which, by the way, um, if you haven't had the opportunity to, I had Tom um, Tom Midler. Uh, over there in Vienna, Austria, uh, interviewed him. I had to wake up at, had to be up at seven a.m. <laughs> to to meet his time constraints and get out and interview him. So I was a little bit groggy on the interview, uh, trying to like wake up um, and and get myself awake. Uh, but an excellent interview with him. He was fantastic. G- gave a lot of insight. Uh, go check that out. I think we're going to tack it on to the to the end of this show. So um, definitely stick around and and listen to that. Um. But I thought he gave some interesting uh, points about how much Taxi wanted to be out of uh, 
out of uh, Rapid Vienna. Um, and apparently the under Bundesliga is reporting, this is brand new information, that apparently uh, Taxi's team had chipped in for the for the transfer fee to bring him over. We talk a lot about this team and, and the, the unwillingness uh, to pay. I don't know if that was to... I don't know if they had a directive from ownership. Hey, you, if you can use allocation money, because you can use allocation money to pay transfer fees. Uh, and $400,000 is right around that allocation range. Uh, I, I, I don't know... I don't know what was what was necessarily going on, but that that has me kind of like, okay, so I mean, it's good you got him, but I mean, was that really what was standing in the way? It was like, hey, taxi, you need to pay some money to to free up this fee. I, I don't know what to say about that, and it's all rumors. That's the only real rumor we're seeing um, that I can see. Um, but I, John, what do you think about that? <sighs> I mean, there have been some there have been some red flags that have surfaced. I think in the last week uh, as this has as this deal has been going on both from uh your interview that we're going to hear uh also if you look at the way the fans have reacted to this uh, the rapid vienna fans extremely over his 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 stuff from this from from this this season so far uh what they what they deem to be faked injuries just sort of he's like a trap dog chewing his own leg off to get away from vienna and if you're if you're a rapid fan like you're gonna hate that if that was if that was yeah. dc united you'd hate that too do i see that as being a problem here for this club i don't i think he's gonna be on really good wages here uh i think that's important to him uh obviously so much so that potentially he gave some of his own money to get out and then get on this contract uh he you know we don't know him yet right we're we're, we're sort of learning all about those things but this is a player that Lucy Russian and the club have invested in, both from their reputational standpoint, from their money standpoint. Like this is a player that we feel fits into our system. This is a, you know, for all the concerns about Edison Flores being a square peg in a round hole, this is a round peg for a round hole. Theoretically, that's that's where they're at. So uh, we'll we'll see. I'm not. I, I said today on Twitter that if he he has a two year contract with a year option, if he plays that out. That will be the longest he's been with the club ever in his entire career. Yeah. So he Which, is, he's not, that's not insane, right? That's not, that's yeah. not nuts. But I originally thought Zoltan Stieber, when I, when I looked at his record, he was basically on a one year loan over and over and over again everywhere else. When Zoltan came here, he had a similarly long path through third Bundesliga, second Bundesliga in Austria, all over the place, and, and never really had a long run at a club. It doesn't really matter. It's not, not every player has been Olsen. Uh, and you know, as long as he can stay committed for two years, I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't see this. I don't see this, uh, club options and stuff on a contract on a DP contract seem kind of weird. Uh, cause he, you would think in that last year, he, the player would be looking if they're doing well, they're either looking for a new transfer so they can get some more money or they want a new contract. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, a club, a club option there could be tricky, particularly with a player who has shown that he will not hesitate to use the dark arts to get out of a contract that he no longer wants to be in. Here, here, here are, here are some, I'll say some caveats. I think his, I think his trajectory as a player plays a little bit of a role in this. He's a guy who bounced around some of the Greek leagues, went to uh, Red Bull Salzburg, and then sort of really came on pretty late. And so, you know, you know, as a soccer player, you have a very limited window of your life where you can be a professional soccer player. And I think he got to be 25, 26, you know, and he was like, look, like I need to make my move to, to get my pay, to get my paycheck. 
you know, I'm finally finding success. I have other teams that are interested in me. You know, Rapid Vienna, and, and one of the one of the things that Tom Tom brought up was like Rapid Vienna had no way they could pay this this amount of money for taxi. Like, there's just not enough money in the Austrian Bundesliga. Red Bull is like the the rare exception of just owned by this huge energy drink conglomerate. They 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 are so far ahead in the Bundesliga like, table. It is literally not. They pretty much. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know this for sure, but the the way the Bundesliga, like I didn't even know about the having of like the points basically, which is what they do. At the sort of the the switch over in the playoff, they basically have the points. I feel like that was done just to keep some sort of interest in the season because <laughs> ra- uh, uh, because Red Bull Salzburg is running away. Tom might come in and say that's incorrect, but that feels kind of like what's going on. But either way, like Salzburg are running away with the title. Like they are going to to win the uh, win the Austrian Bundesliga title with ease. Uh, they're the only team that can really afford to pay players a lot. So I think you had a situation where he wanted to move, he wanted to go get paid because he knows he's 26, 27. This is probably one of his last big contracts uh, that he's going to get. So I think that might be playing maybe into me being a little bit a little bit of a different, I think maybe there's a chance he could have a different attitude. Now he might come here two seasons, two, three seasons and want to move. That could absolutely happen. I don't think it's worrying. I don't think it's worth worrying about it right now. Uh, DC have made the move. If he fits and he gives us two great years and then he throws a fit, Honestly, probably worth it considering our track record with DPs. He would still be probably one of the most successful DPs, you know, non-Rooney that the team had brought in. Um, let's let's be serious. Their track record with designated players has not been good. So I'm more concerned about how he's going to look this year, how he's going to look next year, uh, than I am worried about whether he's going to throw a fit. He he's going to be motivated. He got his payday. He's going to be he's going to be happy at least from that perspective, uh, because money does seem to matter to him. Um, and I won't. There was another interesting tidbit. I won't. I'll, I'll save that for the interview. Yep. Uh, but you definitely want to hear that as well. So just to look at his sort of overall performance, if you're new to this and haven't really been paying close attention, I don't blame you. Uh, he's played 96. He, play, he appeared in 96 matches, scored 39 goals, has 16 assists. Uh, was subbed off 50 times in his 96 appearances, so not always a 90-minute player. More than uh, more than half the time, he's not. Uh, and he scored a goal every 162 minutes, so pretty good, pretty good for that position on the field. Depending, he doesn't he's not an out-and-out striker. Uh, so if you compare that, I think other than Ola Kamara, it's quite favorable to anybody on DC United. And and I will say. Kind of, kind of digging a change of place. I think everybody, everybody wants to bring. Oh, he might be a cancer. He might be a cancer in the locker room. I'm like, he might, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe DC, maybe DC as an organization on the field, maybe needs a guy because Flores certainly is not that type of player. Like you, you think if there's a penalty kick, you think Fontas is gonna like, like sheepishly tie his shoes. Like in the middle of the of the field, basically being like, "Hey, man, you think I can have that PK?" No, he'll probably he. I I hope they figure that out soon because he's the type of guy I could see saying, "Nope, my PK. I'm I'm the DP." He's I'm only taken two. Player. He's only scored two in his career or two. In, okay, so he's not the generally the guy. But it is entirely possible that Mister Confidence says, "Yeah, but an MLS, I'm the guy." So <laughs> I don't see any, what, it, I don't see anybody else here with eight eight appearances for the Greek national team. So excuse me. <laughs> We do have, I mean, we have, we have uh, regular contributors for the Ecuadorian and Peru national team, which I would argue maybe a little bit of a step up. None of them, we're... none of them have won the Euros, so uh, they're therefore, <laughs> therefore, I'm, 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 I'm joshing. Fair, but anyway, but I, either way, um, I think it's good to have him back. I agree with you. Said I think this at the very least gives them a little bit of a boost. 
Um, they're going to need more. And people have pointed out, hey, I think they need more. I think they need more. You think they need more. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're going to get more. And maybe they're going to get more in a returning player. Uh, we talked about needing help in the center of midfield. Uh, Stephen Goff dropping uh, another golf bomb. We predicted this. They, or our listeners yes. predicted this. To be <laughs> listeners more. started talking about this, yes. He was brought up. Uh, so I think this all started when he was brought up and he was listed as being on the allocation order. And I'm not sure if that's just like. I'm not sure if that just comes up like they just put random players on there or if it's like a whole like, well, these guys have actually been talking about rejoining MLS and like, here's the deal. Uh, Chris Durkin, uh, DC United Academy player, never really got got some looks uh, under Ben Olsen. Uh, ben Olsen never really seemed interested in playing him, went on loan to Belgium. Uh, really started to flourish, really started to build up. So much so, like, uh, 10 months ago, I was running a Google search just to get his appearances, and I had forgotten about this. He was uh, – a, a Serie A club was tracking him and was not maybe interested in, in bringing him in. Um, things have kind of shifted. I'd be curious maybe if we can get somebody who follows, like, the Belgian League closely. Obviously, like, if there was a St. Truden game that I had nothing to do, I would watch it, and if, especially if Chris Dorkin was playing. Um, but I'd be curious to know what happened there because I don't, I don't see really any injuries. I don't see any like was it just like change of formation, change of ideas, change of ideals. But I mean, if this team does able to get him in. I think it could be interesting to have him back. Maybe he has a a more storied career in that center of midfield, and I think it helps improve that depth uh, instantly. It restarts his it restarts his career. Honestly, I think yeah. There when he left, he was a promising national team prospect. Not necessarily, not clearly, not a guaranteed anything. Uh, but this was sort of his chance to to, to go to Europe and, and break it big. Unfortunately for him, the club he chose is in. I wouldn't necessarily. Belgium's not necessarily a backwater league, but he chose a team in which his one million dollar transfer was a club record, a, a club that was not spending money on players. So there's yeah. just not a lot of attention on Saint Truden for him, and he's had. You know, I think he called him. He was called Iron Man early in the season. He was playing so often, or whatever they, whatever the nickname he was. But it was it was to indicate that he was doing well. But he's off the radar. No one's talked about him on the national team. That's not the position is too deep, and it's just he he's not been in the in the media. So it's good for this is good for him. Good for the club. This is good for everybody. If it yeah, happens. I mean, it- I mean, it just shows, I mean, when you have a center midfield of Weston McKenney, who's playing at Juventus, Tyler Adams, who's playing at Red Bull Leipzig, and then you have Kellen Acosta, who's been a, could very well be on his way to Europe as well, just as easily if he had teams that were willing to sell him. Very, very difficult to break through that, um, that, that center midfield. Uh, so I think that that certainly held him back. Uh, and I think maybe he would have gotten some more appearances, maybe would have gotten some more attention. It's also very hard to move. I think maybe he was kind of thinking, I make this move to Europe. I start getting some national team appearances. It's a lot easier to then move to other countries because your national team, when you play for the national team helps boost that up. Uh, still young. He still is only, um, 20, uh, 20, 21, uh, I, or sorry, he turned 22 this year. I was, so I was like reading this. I'm like, Hey, he's 22. I know he's a allocation order player. I think there is a like when I when I read the rules just textually, and I'm not sure how much MLS would like just squash this idea of like a loophole. But I think he could be a 2022 under 22 player. Uh, he was a homegrown, so and he was first MLS contract was a homegrown cron- contract. He was sold. It doesn't say anything about if you sell a player or do something like that. It does say, though, if you get a second contract with a player, he can become a 22 under 22 player. 
Not sure how the sale does it. I'd be curious to get some rule experts. I have a feeling like I'm saying like, well, the, you know, this is kind of the, the dogs can't play nothing that says dogs can't play basketball type of rule where it's like MLS would just be like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. That's not that's not the intention of this rule to do that. But it would mean a lesser a fewer a lesser caveat because I have to imagine if they sign him, he's going to be on a, a bigger contract because of his sort of pedigree of playing in Europe. A rare Airbud reference. <laughs> I like it. Uh just, uh, just wanted to touch quickly here. I, I think, uh, by the way, that would be great, Chris Durkin. I hope you hope yes. you come back here. Um, just to sort of close up, sort of this how this week went. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to Next in Line because Loud United uh, is a team that apparently can't stop scoring and or winning, which I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, so make sure you're listening to them. They should have a show out this week. Uh, but also, congrats to Ted Cudipietro who made his first MLS appearance yes. in the Toronto game. I think that's great. Obviously, he was more of a emergency product for for loudon loudon didn't miss him they won three nothing um but he's he, he, he how, how did did you did you sort of catch his you know appearances did I, you i did i mean it wasn't it wasn't a long performance um so i mean there's not a whole lot you can really glean from it i almost forgot to bring up um griffin yao uh also made an appearance and he almost, had he, an almost opportun- yeah, he almost scored it was a pretty nice yeah. situation he almost scored look buddy and i hope i hope somebody went to him and said look man you get in that spot, low and hard to the ground. Like if he puts that low and hard to the ground, I think he has a better chance of scoring. It was kind of a weak shot. Um, hopefully that thing comes with age. I still forget how young Griffin Yao is. Like that guy still has not broken twenty yet. So like it's almost it's almost reset. At first I was like, oh, he's got to do it this year. And I'm like, you know, no, he can. We can we can get another couple years if he starts making some appearances, some contributions, uh, shows some progression. He's showing a little bit more confidence. Um, I'm, I'm seeing maybe it won't be a you know Kevin Paredes type season where he just shoots right up, um, but I think it might be like a general like you know up and up incline. And you know he at the worst case I think he becomes a solid MLS player, and that's not a bad thing to have in your academy when you're able to bring those guys up and and sort of turn them into solid players. Uh, you talk about Tommy Thompson over at uh, San Jose, who the the expectations for him were sky high. They didn't quite get met, but he still became a very solid contributor for them. And an entirely new position. Yes. Uh, speaking of Kevin Paredes, wouldn't it have been great if they had bought and loaned them back, loaned him back to us for for until the summer at yeah. least? <laughs> wouldn't that have been great I'm, for anybody and everybody? I'm not sure how that works. I'm I'm I am hopeful. I'm hopeful there is a plan for him. I'd be curious to get anybody to, I think we all do need to, I I think you're going to see Kevin Paredes get minutes. I think this team, I think he came to a team that at the time was struggling. And I think the, if you knew Wolfsburg was like near the relegation zone, they're five points they, clear of the drop right now. Yeah. They got a new coach. I think the, the coach was right after uh, was right. Uh, was right before Kevin Paredes was signed. They've turned it around. They're they're basically they're basically safe in the Bundesliga right now. Uh, I think that hurt his chances of maybe getting some maybe getting a run out or getting some playing time. He may get loaned. I think this next I think this year was let's get him in. We think he's good. I, I'm not ready to write off Kevin Paredes. I feel like we do no. that we do that way too often. You mean like Ricardo way Pepe? Too often. Like uh, Josh, Christian Pulisic, Josh Sargent, like Josh Sargent, name, go down the list of U.S. Yeah. soccer players that it's like if they don't instantly start playing, oh, they're a bust. Oh, they're a bust. They're terrible. They're not going to do well. Like Christian Pulisic, two months ago, we were like, oh, he should leave Chelsea. He's not playing. Sticks it out. Starts playing well. He has Weston scored, McKinney, he has scored more Mc- goals than Eden Hazard uh, in, in the Champions League for Chelsea. <laughs> so just. And what, yeah. And they're even going through another whole 
whole different situation over there. But Weston McKenney, everybody, like after his whole incident when World Cup qualifying, it was like Juventus wanted to sell him. He suddenly came on, played an important role, got injured, unfortunately, but still played an important role. We write off American players way too quickly. And that's what that's the lesson we need to learn. We should be learning from this, but we still do it. And I've still seen I've like just searched Kevin Prittis to see if there's any German article maybe mentioning him. And it's like US soccer and non accounts being like, Oh, what a terrible move. He hasn't been playing. What an awful move. And I'm like, he'll be fine. Just 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 chill. Just relax. He posted on Twitter. So I actually thought maybe he might start. I was like, maybe this like maybe he's gotten wind, he might be playing. So this that will be the focus of our new U.S. national team uh, watching podcast, <laughs> as as yet. But it's basically like, hey, everybody, just calm down, just relax, just relax. And also, we got uh, another DC news. Bill Hamid apparently has been called into Sierra Leone. Uh, U.S. soccer saying, nope, not the case. He is cap tied. Not sure if FIFA stepped in or something or what what's necessarily going on there the rules um, the rules are pretty clear uh based his gold his gold cup appearance was the thing that really iced him uh i wish there was sort of like a, a hold no harm release like if you're never yeah. gonna call me in again what do you care I, what, what do you care what i do uh, <laughs> you're never gonna play sierra leone in like yeah. a, a world cup game Let i, I do be. agree i i do think there needs to be and maybe we'll get to that at some point i do think there needs to be there needs to be like if a team is like if U.S. soccer is like you're really down our petting order, you can ask for a release yeah. and basically become on a new national. You still have to hold the same sort of like you have to have some lineage, some citizenship, all of that stuff. But I mean, if if who cares? Like if clearly a guy who who's not in the picture for the national team, like there would have to be a slew of goalkeeper injuries before they would go to Bill right. Hamid. It just it just makes it just makes competition better, right? So if you're if you're if you're a really strong national team and you go to the second you go to your second option, that just means that the guy who was like an electrician doesn't get to be the the third string goalkeeper. Like that's all it means. It's not a big deal. Uh, it, it, Sierra Leone appears to be going hard after are. like MLS players. They went after Kai Kamara. They're going after. They're, they're trying to to figure out ways they can uh, they can they can grab some of those players. Um, but we also we love Bill. We're glad we're glad he is here in DC. I don't think someone was hinting that if he does go, that also might impact him, like his ability to play. Like FIFA might sanction him. That would be. Um, I, I think it's not him. I think the club, the 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 national team, uh, the association would potentially get in trouble, but not Bill. Uh, Bill, Bill, I think he would just be great for him to go and get that opportunity and and get to be around the club. I think he's he has a lot of love for his sort of his homeland. I, maybe he goes by he starts going by Bilal and just wears like a weird mustache, and then it's like <laughs> a different guy. We just got to get him a second passport. I don't know, but good for him. I mean, I, he deserves some. Uh, he deserves an opportunity to play somewhere, and maybe there'll be a Bill Hamid FIFA rule. Maybe they'll make a change. Maybe they won't, but maybe. All right, all right, folks. I think that is going to do it. Uh, for this episode of United 96, there's going to be a, a break. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, unless you're listening to the podcast uh, on Tuesday morning, you're about to hear a great uh, interview that Ted did with other Bundesliga. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, stick, if you're listening on the podcast, stick around, listen to that. Uh, once you're done with that, guys, we're not sure, I guess, what our next week's going to look like. DC Night are on a break. There's an interlude. Uh, we've got U.S. soccer. We could come back and talk the uh, national team and the U.S. national team making the uh, making the, <laughs> making the potentially making the World Cup or missing the World Cup. It's all very possible. I've got a correspondent um, down in Florida for the Panama game, so we uh, I'll I'll know what's happening from the ground. Yeah, because you're not actually going to watch the game, right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs>
Probably not. not. All right, folks, that's going to that's gonna do it. Unless you're listening on the podcast. Listen on the podcast. Stick around the other Bundesliga. Uh, after that, we will catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. I am joined today by a very special guest to talk about a, uh, a certain Greek uh, player that's going to be coming to to DC United uh, a little earlier than expected. I have Tom Midler uh, from the other Bundesliga, which is a great podcast name, by the way. I absolutely, absolutely love that. I actually went and subscribed this morning. Definitely looking to to, to, to check some of that out. Tom, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, not too bad at all. Thanks for getting up early in the morning to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Gotta, gotta, gotta help that time. All right, now, you live in, uh, I, I, I think we had a little mix-up on the time, and I assumed uh, you, you, you were in Vienna, Austria. Are you living in Vienna right now? I am in the, uh, yeah, I'm in Vienna. I thought you thought I was in the UK. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in Vienna, so not far down the road from where Taxi Funtas is playing this football at the moment. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, let, let's start into it and let's get into the I, I want to start, I guess, with with the latest news, I guess I was going to plan on having you this podcast and was going to, you know, grill you on why Rapid Vienna just, just won't just let go. Just just let him go. But they are <laughs> eventually letting uh, Taxi Arches Fountas um, go. I was really- hey, this is John. I just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for listening to the show. If you'd like to support our work and keep this train running on time, there's a couple of ways that you can support us. First, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Any amount you'd like to give is great. Our Patreons will get the full audio of our shows on Monday night every week, a day or three days earlier than everyone else. You could also subscribe to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash rfkrefugees. You can either use your own money or utilize your one free monthly subscription if you have Amazon Prime. And lastly, you could buy merch. We have stickers and scarves available on rfkrefugees.com and we'll have t-shirts available later this season. We love doing this show for you guys and appreciate all the support we've received over the years. Now, back to the show. It was revealed today, uh, Stephen Goff from the Washington Post saying the team is paying a $400,000 transfer fee. He is currently in the D.C. area right now. Uh, basically getting ready, taking a medical, doing all, doing all the things. He'll uh, apparently be ready in three weeks. I guess the first question is, uh, you know, from, from our side, you know, we're, we're operating off, you know, badly Google translated, you know, German, uh, articles, uh, we're, you know, trying to, to suss, you know, what's, what's been happening, uh, from your, from your side of the pond, um, you know, get any background maybe that, you know, maybe fans might not know. Why has this been such a kind of a, a saga that has sort of developed, uh, for Rapid Vienna? Is it DC? Is it, ta- is it taxi? What, what's been going on? No, I don't think it's got anything to do with DC United at all. I think it's the relationship between Rapid Vienna and Taxi Funtas himself, because, uh, him and uh, his agent, Max Hagmeyer as well, who's quite a well-known football agent over in Europe, they have not, uh, they've not shown themselves in the best light, you could say, in the whole departure. It's happened before. It did happen uh, around a year ago or 18 months ago as well, where Funtas looked like he wanted the exit and, and he sort of tried to engineer the exit himself by you know, not playing to his full potential, by not giving the best of himself and, and trying to sort of make the club want to get rid of him, which obviously doesn't endear you particularly well with the fans. And Rapid have a lot of fans. They're the best supported club in Austria. So there's a big fan base. Um, and we've seen all sorts of stuff now. You know, if you think back to the beginning of the corona pandemic as well, 
uh, like basically the whole of Rapid, their players, their staff, everybody came together and agreed pay cut measures to help the club survive because it's not a league here where you get a big amount of TV money or anything like that. These clubs are are sort of, they're real businesses, as it were. They're obviously working in, in European football and, and earning some big money in that sense, but they're proper businesses. You know, the players don't earn that much. The, the turnover isn't that massive. So everybody agreed to take a pay cut except uh, Taxi Funtas was in the very, very small bracket. It's rumoured to be about two or three people in the whole of the Rapid organisation who wasn't willing to take this pay cut to help the club survive the pandemic. So I think the relationship's become a bit fractious and that is why we've seen Rapid now not desperate to just let him go for, for a cheaper fee or for nothing. You know, they I think they either want his services until the summer and they're happy to pay the price for that or they want to get a, a reasonable chunk of cash out of DC United for him now. Yeah, and it sounds like it sounds like they they got that reasonable um, chunk of cash for basically bringing him in early. Uh, I find it interesting you, you you brought up that there's been that that he sort of this is sort of something that's happened before uh, because we we actually had some fans um, on our side who you know they heard about this and they're like, oh, you know what's the you know he's he's doing this and and it's great you know we're gonna have him here but you know what's the chances something happens with uh, with DC. Has this been, I mean, it sounds like to me, yes, the answer to this question is yes, but I'll ask, I mean, has, have, you know, I guess attitudes in the locker room been a, been a problem uh, for, for Taxi Fountas? I think they have, and it's just been twice really now in, in his rapid career. And there was the first time when he, he wanted to leave, you know, after a good season, he fancied making an exit from Austria. And as I said, just sort of, it was that kind of not applying himself apparently and just just not really giving his all for the team and, and sort of fighting to the end. It was more, you know, let me go. Otherwise, it's sort of putting himself above the club in a way, which I suppose should be something to, to concern DC United fans a little bit because he has got a reputation now of being a little bit of a mercenary. And I think what you don't know is how much of that is down to him and how much of that is down to bad advice or whatever. And that's what the club sort of wrote off the first issue as they said, look, he's back in the fold. We're going to get him back on the team sheet. Um, he's important to us. We think he's been badly advised, um, but but we can move on from it. And now again, to see it happening, you know, he signed this pre-contract agreement. It should have been smooth sailing, really. Rapid saying, look, we need him to the end of the season. Uh, Erchen Kara's just left for Orlando. We need Taxi Funtas to stay. Um, but now even, even with that sort of already arranged, it should have been so simple. Uh, it still ended up being complicated because he wants out. So... Yeah, it's not the it's not the greatest look for him. And then when you think that he's you know signed a big money deal at DC United as well, it, it just adds to the reputation for him as a bit of a bit of a money grabber. <laughs> well, uh, he, he is certainly getting uh, getting paid here. I, I guess I want to maybe touch a little bit on that because he sort of has. I mean, I, I think I've been I've been following a little bit. Obviously, he he had, had a bout with Corona and 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 an illness that kept him out of the of the Conference League games. I mean, were those do you, do you do you honestly believe that those were truly illnesses, or do you think maybe the team was trying to to cover a little bit, and he was like, "Nope, I'm I'm kind of ready to go now." I think the Corona thing. I'm not going to accuse him of lying about that. Yeah, there was absolutely. there's been a lot of Corona outbreaks in the team, um, in in a lot of the teams here as well. It's been a, a difficult phase over the last few months. So I think there really was a Corona outbreak at. Uh, at Rapid, and that's why he missed out perhaps on the Salzburg game uh, not that long ago. But then what's happened since then that's perhaps been even more interesting is this, that he, you know, he's been left out of some of the squads and things, but 
Also, he's then reported himself as ill. So this hasn't come from the club side to defend him. It's been the club saying, where are you? We want to play you. And him saying, no, nah, I'm, I'm not well. So he's chosen, you know, an illness, which to... Again, it's speculation, it's rumours, we can't, we don't know, but he's not chosen an injury because the club have said, you know, this has been an open row really in, in public and I've not really seen one like it. The sporting director has openly said on TV, yeah, his conduct is really annoying me. He's getting very annoying now, which, you know, you don't usually see. That's a, that's a real breakdown in the relationship. And he's withdrawn himself from match squad saying, I'm ill illness you can't check you can't test the club said yeah look if he's injured we're going to be testing for this we have to it's it's what we have to happen you know our doctors uh, haven't haven't confirmed any injury but an illness you can't be sure you know what can you do you can't check into the guy and he says yeah well look i was feeling dizzy i had headaches or something um what can you do you can't really dispute it but there's a general feeling at Rapid Vienna pretty solidly between uh, the sporting director at the top and, and the manager as well, that, that Funtas has been withdrawing himself from the squads and essentially saying, like, no, I'm just going to sit on the bench or I'm going to sit at home even um, rather than rather than wait out my contract here because I want to go to DC United. And uh, yeah, some funny things came up. You know, they mentioned, well, you know, if you're if you're not well enough to be in the match day squad, then you have to do um, these like days with the fans. There's things that our players have to do. There's a whole program <laughs> of things you have to do if you're not well enough to play. So I'm going to be interested to see how uh, how Taxi Funtas handles these things over the next few weeks and months. Um, you know, so I think there's been a lot of stuff where the the club and the players sort of want to attack each other in a way, but uh, the fans are chipping in as well. There's been banners up in the stadium, you know, saying uh, "Fight like a lion, get well soon, taxi," because you know, because of his uh, in inverted commas terrible illness. Um, but then on Instagram, he's been at a tattoo parlor getting a lion tattooed on his back at the same time. So I think that <laughs> there's been a bit of a weird thing playing out in the media here, but I've not quite seen anything like it before. Uh, one, one, I guess, uh, I guess I don't know if, uh, the, the show Ted Lasso has made it over to the side of the pond, but it sounds like, I, I think I said on, uh, I said on Twitter, it sounds like he's trying to Jamie Tart uh, the whole incident. There's a whole, a whole thing where, where the star player, uh, basically fakes his illness. And I said, all, all, you need, all the coach needs to do is just have the, uh, have the practice speech. The, which, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've seen the show, but that's I've seen a, Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. If there was uh, if Roy Kent played for Rapid Vienna, I could tell you now this wouldn't be happening, would it? This would not be happening. <laughs> this would this would definitely not be happening. All right, let's. So off the field, uh, you've given me a lot to think about. I, I was kind of like, oh, he's probably just you know he wants to go. Maybe DC's been making an offer. I was putting on Rapid, but from your perspective, it sounds like it's it's a lot on Taxi, which is which is interesting. But you or know, his agent or his agent to be or fair. his agent. Yeah, could absolutely. <laughs> be his agent but i mean uh maybe his agent's advising him that who knows yeah, yeah. fake sick just fake sick that's a, that's a, interesting um let's get let's get to how he is on the field though because he, he will be playing games for dc hopefully he stays happy he stays motivated uh what can you tell me like what type of player is uh, uh taxi uh taxi fountas i i have you know when we announced we signed him i scrolled through like in the archives and on our on our paramount plus found some of his conference league or europa league games uh where, where he played i think he scored a couple of goals uh seems like kind of a a more withdrawn forward willing to drop back but uh what are some things dc fans can expect from him when he when he's here in dc yeah i think that's a, a good little summary to start with really and I think it's good after what we've talked about so far, it's been obviously a pretty negative start to, to the podcast in that side <laughs> of things, but you know, it, it doesn't escape that he's been a great servant to rapid 
at least on the field over a couple of years. They signed him for a very small amount of money from uh, St. Pilton, who were a struggling club in the Austrian Bundesliga. The manager uh, moved over from St. Pilton to Rapid. He brought Taxi Funtas with him a little while later. And, uh, you know, he's he scored... 45 goals, 90 games-ish, you know, that's that's a pretty good return. 19 assists in there as well. So his his return in terms of what he creates and, and the goals that he scores has been very, very good. And uh, he's been, at times, he's been the, the main forward, the, the key forward for the biggest club in Austria. So, yeah, they may not be the most successful at the moment, but he's been up there doing his part. And uh, I think in terms of his play style, you know, he's quite short, he's quite a diminutive player in a sense, you know, in in physical leagues against big centre-backs. He uses his movement very, very well. And the golden recipe for him at Rapid was this link-up with Erchen Kara, uh, the guy who's gone to Orlando now, because Kara played as this big target man. And when you've got that target man, you've got that person to aim for in the transitions forward for Rapid. Kara held up the ball very, very well. And that allowed Funtas's movement really to flourish. So he, yeah, he likes to float around, uh, you know, just get into space around the other kind of attackers. Like you said, he's happy to drop back as well and just look, look for a bit of room, look for a bit of space. But on his day, you know, when he gets into the box, he's, he's got a good finish and uh, he's confident. He's a confident player. It's just with some of these players, it's, it's almost mental, mentally based as well. Like you said, if, he's, if he keeps his motivation, if, uh, if he keeps his spirits up, which he probably will do at least you know, for this, this initial phase at DC United, the next year and a half or so, it's going to be a pretty exciting time for him. So he's going to be very motivated. And uh, when, he's, when he's happy, when he's, on, uh, yeah, when he's high on confidence, he, he gets the goals. Do you think this is, I mean, does he see this maybe as a move uh, to maybe put himself more in the, in the Greek national team picture? I know he's made some appearances there. Uh, but it, it does seem like this is maybe a, a little bit of a step up. Also, he's maybe getting paid a bit more. I'm not sure what he was what he was getting paid at Rapid. But it, do, does he maybe see this as a way to kind of give elevate his profile a bit for the uh, for the Greek national team? Yeah, it could be. I think it's just a a change, you know, a, a change, a bit of a refresh. Obviously, things mm-hmm. have been stale now a little bit for a while at Rapid. There is a kind of limit to what you can achieve, unfortunately, at Rapid for for a player, you know, an international player from a different country as well. Um, Rapid's a great place to play, brilliant fans, wonderful stadium, but Mm. winning leagues and cups here in Austria is a very, very difficult challenge when you've got um, Red Bull Salzburg down the road, you know, just sort of sweeping all the trophies. And Rapid have been playing in Europe, so he has has been in the shop window in a sense uh, in Europe, but... The, the more the months have rolled on now, the more that it's looked like the new manager, Feldhofer at Rapid, is looking to some of the younger players. Not that mm-hmm. Funtas is old at all, but just looking to, to refresh things. Obviously, the bad relationship that, that's sort of bubbling under there has, has done him no favours in terms of game time. So I think it was just looking for an out, looking for an option. So as you said, in that respect, it, it surely will do him good in his uh, quest to get back in the Greek team. He's got a lot of experience, Funtas. You know, he's a good signing in that sense. He's quite young. He's only still in his mid-20s. And yet he's played for a lot of different clubs um, and, and played in a few different leagues as well. So he's experienced life uh, in, in different European leagues. He knows different styles of football. That should stand him in good stead for the move over. But um, just to go back to the financial side of things, there is no doubt at all if his rumoured $7 million contract is, uh, is confirmed as 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 you know, to be what he's earning at DC United, then that is completely out of the league of, of what he would be earning at Rapid Vienna. Austrian football just simply does not 
have that kind of money except um, at Salzburg. So I'd expect him to be on a fraction of that over here. It's, uh, it's strange because it's the eighth biggest league in Europe in terms of the coefficient. You know, the clubs are doing so well. Generally, the clubs are showing a lot of strength in Europe and there's a lot of good talent around in Austria. But financially, it's, uh, it's a very weak league. You know, players are going to be earning in the hundreds of thousands more than in the millions of euros um, for almost everybody. So, so financially, this is a massive step up. And uh, yeah, in terms of the, the interest and giving himself a chance to just sort of refresh himself, start a new chapter, this uh, could well be a good move for him. Yeah, well, we, we, we certainly hope it is. There's a, there, we've had a, uh, a one, only one other track record of signing a player from Rapid Vienna, and that was uh, a Branko Boscovich uh, who came over. Uh, had, had dealt with some injury issues, uh, but overall was was a very much a loved player. So we're hoping for a healthier, a healthier uh, saga with uh, with Taxi, but hopefully some of the some of the same memories. There were a lot of the, Branko, despite him being injured, brought us some 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 pretty good memories here here at DC. Um, Want to talk a little bit? You you brought up uh, Red Bull Salzburg, and I think this is where this is where maybe you can kind of help us out a little bit. Uh, DC actually are trying to play. I don't know if you have a chance to really watch DC or you know really watch how they play. Uh, we uh, Ernan Lasada, who was coaching over the uh, the Belgian league, came over here, um, instituting sort of a high pressing, uh, very similar to kind of what we've seen from Leeds United, from Red Bull Salzburg, uh, and uh, a little bit from Red Bull Leipzig as well. Though I think they've they've changed up a little bit. Just this kind of this new you know fitness is very important. You know, being able to run, to press, to to turn the ball over, and to and to sort of go vertical in in, in attack, uh, is this a style that you you think will fit um, Taxi uh, Fount as well? I see he has some time at Red Bull Salzburg. I'm not sure if they were you know implementing that sort of style at this time, but uh, it wasn't as a, as as a successful stint for him there until he really didn't come up to went to Rapid Vienna. But do you think this is a style that will suit him and that and that that will uh, that will fit him? It remains to be seen. We we haven't really seen him play exactly in that way at Rapid Vienna, but at the same time, as you said, you know he did play for Red Bull Salzburg. This was when he was much younger. He only made one appearance for for Red Bull Salzburg. This is almost a decade ago, and the guy's still in his mid twenties. So he's uh, you know he was a, a teenager then and uh, still just just starting out. But still, you know, a lot of players in Austria have got that education from the Red Bull philosophy from the Red Bull school. And playing for these teams, for Liefering, the feeder team for Salzburg, these guys know, you know, they get drilled in the Red Bull model. So it, he won't be a stranger to it, even if he hasn't played in that way recently. So that should be good. Um, I think Red Bull have influenced the league here in a lot of ways. You know, the most successful team outside of Salzburg over the last couple of years in general has been LASK. You know, the league table doesn't always say that, but LASK have been the ones you know, coming up from the second division and, and really making a name for themselves in the Bundesliga and also in Europe. And they almost play with their own version of the of the high press. You know, they don't do it exactly in the Red Bull way, but they, they've played over the years, this 3-4-3 high press, uh, you know, the front trio trying to win the ball back even and just, just everybody getting involved and demands that massive fitness level. And Rapid Vienna, you wouldn't say are one of the teams who've done that themselves, but at the same time, as we're seeing with a lot of other clubs, once that is established as a great way to play football, as a good way, you know, this is what this is what teams are aiming for. This is what teams are, are finding effective. Teams like Rapid Vienna, even with their more defensively minded coaches that they've had since uh, Taxi Funtas has been there, they do 
they do learn some of those things. They pick up some of those things. So he has been practiced in that in a way, um, even though, you know, it will be a new challenge for him still getting back, winning the ball, trying to push on and quick transitions, working on what he can do as an attacker when his midfield or when his defense win the ball, where does he have to go? That That's all, almost a science these days. It's almost a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very studied art of like, what do you do as the striker? Where do you go in relation to, to the defenders? Where can you open up space for a really fast break? And he managed that at, at rapid as well. That was one of the ways that, that they were quite effective. Sometimes I mentioned him playing alongside Cara, but quite often rapid would win the ball back from the defense and they'd be able to play this long ball football, but not in a kind of uh, derogatory way of long ball football, but more in a kind of skip the midfield who needs it when you can go straight to your target man and then knock it out. And then Funtas's movement is great to get into the area. And then between yeah, a defender, the target man, and then taxi Funtas, you could come to a shooting opportunity within a few seconds of, uh, of getting the ball at the back. So it's, uh, I think he should be able to fit into that, even if it's not his natural position right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting because I mean there's a lot of um a lot of fitness demands that that uh that Hernan has. The there the, the infamous beginning to the uh 2021 season with Hernan was when he he came in and uh, into uh into the team and was like, "Oh my goodness, like everybody's out of shape. Like we need to completely rethink how we're doing this." Um so he's made that a big effort and and the team has been much healthier um this year. So I I'll, I'll be curious to see how when Fantos comes in, you know, what type of shape is he in? You know, is he going to be able to sort of slide right in? Uh, does he think, uh, I, I know a lot of players from Europe come here and think this is going to be a payday and a vacation. So I hope he's certainly motivated uh, to to perform well. Um, so I'll be curious to see, you know, what immediate availability we get. Um, I'm, I'm thinking his English is, is probably uh, pretty good. Um, so I'd be interested to see what type of, uh, when he does officially get introduced, when they maybe have that press conference, what we see, um, what we see from that. Uh, Tom, it's been awesome to, to have you on. Uh, you've been aw- awesome at giving us some insight in, into our new player. Uh, tell the good people if they want to learn more about the Austrian Bundesliga, which, by the way, has the like most unique like seat regular season, I think, with the whole splitting of the season. It was kind of funny to have. I actually um, – there's a, a guy on a, a, a Twitch stream I, I've gotten into football manager who plays uh, with Florensdorfer, and so I knew about the split season. And everybody was like, "Why don't? Why doesn't Taxi just come? You know, after March because uh, uh, because the season's over at that point." I said, "No, no, no, it's not over. They like split the season and they do that whole thing. So very, very cool way to 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 decide the season. I, I wish maybe some other leagues in Europe uh, would kind of uh, would kind of take up on that. Um, but uh, where uh, where the where can the people find you? Listen to you and uh, yeah, anything anything else you want to plug? Feel free to feel free to drop it in." Oh, thanks. Yeah. So our main place is on Twitter. You can find us at other Bundesliga. Thanks for, uh, you gave our name a nice compliment earlier. Obviously, you know, we're living in the shadow a bit of the German Bundesliga, which everybody knows. So I've called this podcast the other Bundesliga. Um, yeah. So we're covering everything Austrian football related, national team related as well. There's a lot of cool stuff going on with, uh, with the Bundesliga teams, with the national teams. Um, you can listen to our podcasts. We link that all on Twitter. You can find the podcast, the other Bundesliga podcast, 
wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, actually, we just did an article on our website, which is otherbundesliga.com, about exactly how this crazy Austrian Bundesliga works with the regular season, the split, <laughs> the two groups, the relegation group, the championship group, all these European places to be decided. We uh, we, we covered that and all the, the halving of the points and all this like this crazy, uh, crazy, wacky way that the Austrian Bundesliga has worked for the last few seasons. So uh, if you want to get on there at uh, otherbundesliga.com and have a read of that, you'll know a bit more about the league that Taxi Funtas has been plying his trade in for the last few seasons. All right, Tom. Well, thank you again so, so much for joining us. Uh, it's been been awesome to have you on here. Uh, guys, uh, We will. I'm not sure what we're going to do with the release schedule of this episode yet. I think we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, I know for one thing, I, this is going up on our Patreon page. So if you're listening to this now on our normal podcast feed, uh, you could have had it a lot sooner if you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Refugees if you want to join the show. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for joining us, guys, and we uh, will catch you all uh, next week. Vamos.